0: You are listening to Bitcoin, blockchain, and the technologies of our future with Naomi Brockwell.
1: The biggest fear that our government has, Naomi, is being cut out of the process. The beauty of where we're headed with cryptocurrencies, with blockchain technology, is it eliminates the middleman. This is the federal government telling us that we have to give all of our personal information because that's the only way our government can protect us. I don't need my government looking over my shoulder on everything that I do.
0: Congressman Emma, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Naomi. Great to be with you.
0: I reached out to you because I was really impressed by the statement that you made about central bank digital currencies. I wanted to dive into that and all the comments you made about cash, the comments you made about financial privacy. It's a side of the conversation around central bank digital currencies that we're sort of lacking at the moment as we determine how America's going to move forward with this. So to start off with, give me your overview of your take on central bank digital currencies and why you think uh they might there might be some danger there
1: why i think there might be some danger there's a lot of danger and from my standpoint naomi i everybody was talking about a central bank digital currency as if uh we're falling behind china you know we got to have this central bank uh or fed generated uh, cbdc uh, and boy if we don't do it uh we're gonna fall behind china that's the wrong debate I mean, we should never be uh, uh, trying to emulate the Communist Party of China. Uh, they, in my opinion, are practicing uh, uh, digital authoritarianism. Uh, they use it as a surveillance tool. They use it to control their uh, their uh, citizens. Uh, that shouldn't be the, uh, the case in this country. The Federal Reserve in this country cannot and should not ever mobilize itself into a retail bank account that's able to collect personal identity information on all users and track their transactions uh, indefinitely. We are not opposed to any CBDC, but if there was one, it has to have the qualities of cash. It has to be open, permissionless, and private. Uh, And we just have to make sure that whatever the United States does in this area that the digital currency policy protects financial privacy maintains the dollar's dom- dominance and uh, cultivates innovation and then you got to protect against cyber threats and I, you know I've talked about uh, the the uh, the dollar and privacy but uh, decentralization is the whole point of blockchain, right?
0: I wanna dive into your comments there because it's very rare that I hear a congressman talking about the benefits of cash. Generally, when I hear politicians talking about cash, I mean, there, there are reporting requirements and we want to increase the surveillance of it. And we're saying, oh, cash is this bad thing. You're rephrasing that. And you're saying, actually, this is this private center that we need to be upholding. We need to maintain cash-like attributes when we have this CBDC. Why is financial privacy important, in your opinion?
1: Huh. It's the whole definition of freedom, Naomi. Look, you can become a prisoner of your own uh, safety and security. and I think in this country, that's the risk uh, that is facing us, right? Uh, When you talk about know your customer information, uh, this is the federal government telling us that we have to give all of our personal information because that's the only way we can protect ourselves and more importantly, that's the only way our government can protect us from those that might want to cause us harm or injury. I that's the wrong answer. And and the reason that we filed the bill back, I think it was Wednesday, uh, January 12th, was uh, just the way you started this discussion. I didn't think there was enough of a debate about the issue, about the potential problems with a central bank digital currency uh, that's developed by our government and utilized by our government, much the way uh, China uh, is is doing it. I, uh, and again, it's because I believe the very definition of our freedom is our financial system, right? It's my ability to work directly with you, Naomi, in a uh, bargain for exchange. Uh, and I don't need my government looking over my shoulder on everything that I do. So maybe I am talking differently, but uh, this is what I've always said is you can become a prisoner of your own safety and security. Uh, in this case, there's a better way. I, whatever we do, Uh, the Federal Reserve should not become a retail bank and uh, from my standpoint the other way you can do it uh, is they they use the existing financial rails with the existing banking system but that's just a debit card so the biggest fear that our government has Naomi is being uh, cut out of the process Uh, these have always been intermediated exchanges and the beauty of uh, where we're headed with cryptocurrencies with uh, blockchain technology is it eliminates the middleman. It, it eliminates uh, the, the uh, uh, need for an intermediary. Uh, that's what they're struggling with is they wanna continue to be that intermediary. And quite frankly, uh, the way they've mismanaged monetary policy, there's a reason why this area is growing so fast.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Finally, we have an option. Finally, we have choice in in monetary policy. And it's interesting to see where all the the money is flocking to. Uh, I want to dig into the difference between the Federal Reserve having uh, becoming a retail bank and it being what it is now. We already have surveillance in our banking system. But there seems to be a difference between the Federal Reserve collecting all of that information directly and that information being collected by banks. Walk me through that difference there so people Understand why this is such a big issue.
1: Look, they're already collecting uh, information on us, uh, Naomi. Uh, In fact, the Treasury Secretary uh, lobbied uh, Senator Portman's office uh, to get an amendment into the uh, uh, so called bipartisan infrastructure bill last August that allows taxing uh, of uh, miners, changed the uh, term of broker, which uh, created all kinds of problems. But on the heels of that, or at the same time, they wanted uh, every retail bank to share with the Treasury uh, information on uh, uh, banking transactions that you and I and every other American has that uh, total a cumulative six hundred dollars. Okay, I. Uh, in other words, they wanna they wanna monitor our bank accounts and more importantly, our specific financial transactions. Uh, Why? Well, you'd have to ask them. Uh, I think it's to, uh, again, uh, control uh, what Americans are doing, see what Americans are doing. Uh, It's information uh, that's personal and should not be shared. Uh, This uh, obviously would be the ultimate for our federal government. If they could have a central bank digital currency, that they literally are the retail bank issuing accounts directly to Americans uh, you realize, Naomi, that that would mean that Americans' financial data would be centralized and housed by the government. I mean, I, I told you that they want to reach into your private bank accounts and see what you're doing. And by the way, they already are. Uh, that uh, bill, the, uh, uh, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, now requires uh, this information when you're doing uh, Venmo transactions uh, and a couple of others. That has to be reported to the federal government. I don't think a lot of Americans know that. This would be the ultimate, Naomi. They would have all the information. They could monitor it. And by the way, uh, in China, where they can do this, they can turn off your uh, your card. They can tell you where you can spend, when you can spend, how you can spend. Imagine the uh, the uh, power that that would give uh, the central government uh, and how it would eliminate your uh, your personal freedoms and mine. And I, I we just can't have that.
0: And there's this interesting loophole that I think they're using for this surveillance, this third party doctrine where they're saying, oh, well, you've given that information to Venmo, you've given it to PayPal and your bank account. Therefore, it's not really yours anymore. We have the right to demand that these third party institutions collect it. And it's interesting because the government has cash reporting requirements as well. And they've just added crypto reporting requirements in this bill. And Jerry Brito of the Coin Center is filing a lawsuit against the government uh, to say this is actually unconstitutional because there is no third-party doctrine that could explain away why you're asking people to to report individual transactions peer-to-peer where there is no third party collecting that data, where there is, you know, no intermediary for a crypto transaction. It's peer-to-peer. So what are your thoughts on the constitutionality of cash reporting requirements and uh, crypto reporting requirements? Well,
1: I, I hope Jerry is successful. Uh, I, i'm not going to be the uh, the judge and the jury obviously i i, I don't like what they're doing i uh, i do think that uh, the re- reporting requirements uh it's it they're so confusing you know they they want to in one case treat crypto as an asset in another case they want to treat it as cash uh, they just aren't clear as to what they're uh, what they're trying to do or why and it quite frankly naomi it's because they don't understand what they're working with or, or they, they do understand it a little bit and they're trying to control it. Uh, this third-party uh, uh, sharing, third-party doctrine, I look at it this way. It's your private information, Naomi. If you do business with a third party, they are giving you something of value, which is why you shared your private information with them. It is already a bargain for exchange between you and whomever that is on the other end. I, I mean, for instance, uh, your bank, your personal bank, uh, in order to streamline uh, transactions, in order to make it more efficient for you, uh, you have given them permission to use some of this information. That doesn't mean that you've released it to the entire world, or more importantly, to your government. Uh, and that should never happen. So I uh, obviously, this has been an issue that I've had dating back to, uh, well, more than 10 years ago when I was in our state's legislature, Uh, the information should belong to you and me. And it's one of the reasons that uh, when you talk about what we're going to evolve from, which is web two to web three, where Naomi and Tom will have our own personal digital identities and we'll be able to transact business directly with each other without having to worry about an intermediary. That's why it's so exciting. And that's really where we're headed uh, ultimately. I believe, and it'll solve a lot of these problems.
0: Do you think that the government's going to allow us to evolve there? Because there's a lot of regulation, there are increasing crackdowns on stable coins, on any sort of like quasi-decentralized finance. Anywhere that there's a, a neck to strangle, it seems that they're aiming for it right now. And I wonder, you know, like, what's the future look like, in your opinion, for cryptocurrency? Is it stark? Is it optimistic? Where do privacy coins fit into all of this? I'm interested in how much the government is going to allow.
1: Well, why don't we uh, talk very crudely about uh, the history? It actually predate, predates uh, 2008. This, to me, has been a fight about monetary policy all along. Uh, there are those who think the Federal Reserve has uh, done a very poor job of uh, the monetary policy uh, that has been applied for years. I mean, when we went off the uh, the gold standard back in 1972, we essentially my opinion, went from uh, an economy that creates wealth to one that trades in debt. And in order to survive in that type of a marketplace, you just got to get bigger and bigger so that you can uh, you can actually trade uh, in your own and others' debt as opposed to uh, creating wealth. Well, guess what? The 2008 crash comes along, and uh, uh, you've got the uh, Satoshi White Paper. Uh, I'm sure that the traditional financial uh, uh, industry uh, looked at this uh, beginning and said, uh, "Well, this is like a cartoon does. This is not real. This is illusionary," uh, because they don't understand uh, where the uh, the web is going. Well, that's the way they started. Uh, they didn't think it was going to last. Uh, it started to grow. It started to take root. So then, what was the next step? I would argue the next step was they put every obstacle they could in the way, uh, and it didn't. It didn't stop the uh, industry from growing. Uh, Certainly, I believe it's driven opportunity out of the United States of America, uh, but not all of it. Uh, So guess what they did next? Uh, And again, you can span this over uh, whatever time period you want to bring it up to today. But the next thing they did is they said, well, we're not going to get rid of it. So we need to try and control it. Uh, well, they really can't control it. So I believe they're trying to absorb it now into the existing system. And it's just not going to work. Uh, so I, I think the future is very bright. Uh, I think the reason you have uh, this fastest growing part of our economy, uh, one of the fastest areas uh, growth areas we've seen in decades, is because uh, of the uh, the poor monetary policy that we've been experiencing. And you're seeing the result now with uh, inflation that we haven't seen in 40 years. Uh, And what's the answer? The answer apparently is now to tighten the money supply by raising the interest rates. I think you're gonna get a lot of arguments from people who understand finance that this is just the opposite of what uh, should be done. Uh, And because of that, I think crypto is just going to continue to grow uh, in spite of what uh, people in the government I uh, might want to do to uh, to slow that down or to try and control it uh, within uh, within this country. I I just I think the future is bright because you know what. I think people are uh, much smarter than our government gives them credit for.
0: It's interesting. I interviewed Jay Clayton years ago uh, when he was the chair of the SEC, and I asked him, is he worried about decentralized exchanges? This was in the early days of DEXs. It was more of an idea than actually something that had come to fruition. And he just said flatly, no. And now we have Gary Gensler, who seems to be so scared that he makes constant statements about it, saying, Dexas are not outside of our jurisdiction. Don't think that they won't be regulated. Like, it seems like there's this real fervor to kind of... You know, play this game of whack-a-mole. They're trying to shut down these uh, these projects that just keep popping up all over the place. But because there are no barriers to entry to someone getting involved with code, it's going to be a very difficult process. Um, how successful do you think that they are going to be? Are we going to create this split in the world where we have kind of this RegFi and this DeFi
1: movement? Well, let's go. Let's go back because you get specific with uh, with the RegFi and DeFi movement when you talk about how successful are they going to be, Naomi? Uh, I think that the goal that we've had inside of Congress, uh, and I've been working on this for the last seven years, uh, we've got some real champions, uh, certainly on the Republican side, uh, but we've got some that are starting to grow on the, uh, on the Democrats' side of the aisle as well. Uh, and anybody who listens uh, to this or, or watches it, I should say, Uh, listens to the work that you're doing should understand this is a nonpartisan issue. This is not a Republican Democrat, you know, us and them thing. This is mostly uh, an education uh, issue. You've got uh, a lot of members who look like me, uh, you know, grew up in a two-dimensional world, right? Uh, Yeah, we had the internet, but what, it was email and uh, word processing, uh, that kind of stuff, which is not what we're dealing with today. And these are really bright people that are using blockchain technology to advance all kinds of things, uh, crypto and beyond. And I think uh, we saw something that I I really was excited about. That was a hearing back last month in the Financial Services Committee uh, in the House where Republicans and Democrats started asking the right questions. And there was just a feeling, at least for me, that uh, we had we made some real gains in terms of uh, uh, this nonpartisan nature of the issue, especially when Democrats start to openly question uh, Gary Gensler and his actions at the SEC. Uh, so uh, how successful are they going to be? Well, if Congress starts to do its job, and I think we're going to go to another level this year uh, with the education piece, uh, but as we go into a new Congress, the 118th, that'll take office in January of 2023, I think you're going to have uh, Republicans and Democrats alike who are ready to do what's necessary to create a light-touch framework, regulatory framework, if you will, uh, that will allow uh, this, uh, this part of our economy to really uh, take off. And I think you're going to see more and more people in the bureaucracies of the executive branch uh, come along and uh, and realize that, yes, this is a disruptive force in finance. This is a disruptive force. When you talk about uh, a, a constitutional republic that believes in freedom, we're going to maintain our existing financial structure and give them the opportunity, if we do this right, to evolve. But we're not going to uh, try to frustrate the growth of the, uh, you know, whether it's uh, utilizing stable coins, or go, go through the whole gamut of all these different ideas. We want them here in this country, because it, it'll drive our economy as well or better than anything has in the past. And I, I just think all that should happen here. So I'm bullish, sorry for the long diatribe, Naomi, but I'm very bullish on us getting our act together and making sure, I mean, you brought up Jay Clayton, he's a great example. Uh, Jay Clayton was, uh, you know, the right guy at the right time at the SEC, but this was an issue that you know he was struggling with every day. I know that uh, his agency was struggling with it every day. Guess what? Jay Clayton's actually working uh, in this industry today, now that he's uh, left the SEC. That tells me that uh, he has uh, seen where this is headed so. I'm, I'm bullish. Uh, at the end, my, my uh, short answer is I have high hopes for where this is going in the next uh, 1, two, five, 10 years.
0: I hope you're right, because I agree that so far, we've seen a lot of innovation driven offshore. It's driven out of America. And it's such a shame to see Americans missing out on opportunities that other countries are allowed to participate in. But you've done tremendous work, uh, not just with this recent bill that you've put forward. You've also asked for clarity from the IRS about you know, how you actually pay your taxes, because everything is kind of in this weird gray area. There's nothing clear. And you already mentioned different departments in the government can see a crypto to be a different kind of asset depending on you know how it benefits them you've also uh, are your co-chair of the congressional blockchain caucus what is the main focus of the blockchain caucus right now what's the most important issue you guys are fighting
1: well I I mean it was expanding the caucus to begin with you know it uh, it was founded several years ago by three or four members and it really never grew substantially until uh, I would argue this congress I think uh, this congress uh, we're now up to about forty uh, members, and I can tell you, Naomi, uh, out of the four hundred and thirty-five that are in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, we've got a whole bunch of others uh, who are getting involved in this space and the policy issues uh, that aren't members yet. And I'm hopeful that they're going to they're going to join as well because you got to raise the awareness. They got to people, uh, especially policymakers. Fear the things that they don't understand, right? So, help them understand why this is so important. To give people access to the financial system that they haven't had in the past. Uh, The the uh, like you're talking about the opportunities. Let once these people find out that because of our lack of clarity, right? What is cash? What is a commodity? What is a security? And and you know what? You can employ lawyers forever by having the so-called Howey test Mm -hmm. because that is a full employment uh, uh, formula for lawyers. Or you can give some basic guidelines so we know what the jurisdiction is. So we stop this regulation through enforcement action. We stop regulation through public statements. And we stop, uh, uh, the example I have is the $1.4 billion project Uh, for a gentleman that I met with uh, in Atlanta about a year ago that he started in the Cayman Islands because he didn't know what to expect in this country. We'll stop having uh, uh, American developers uh, to build a certain blockchain. I'm not going to name names, but they couldn't pay with their token because the securities laws in this country are not clear. I I refer to the Howey's test, right? So guess what? They hired German developers instead who could accept their token as compensation. I mean, th- this is what uh, the Blockchain Caucus is all about. Let's grow it, let's keep educating people, and I'll go back to one other thing. Uh, last August, I told you the story about the uh, Portman Amendment in the uh, Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill. Uh, Naomi, uh, that was a watershed moment, I believe, in Congress, uh, as we'll find out going forward because we probably had years of education done with uh, the Senate side of the building and others uh, that was done in a matter of weeks. Uh, And it's really helped us move this issue to the forefront. That and the fact that you're dealing with a $3 trillion market cap, this is not going away. 55 million Americans are now uh, holding some form of cryptocurrency.
0: Yeah, so that's a large number. The final question that I have for you, you've made some comments in the past about the potential of a spot ETF. The SEC notoriously has just not approved one. They've approved a futures ETF, but they, for some reason, uh, don't want a spot one. And you said that investors should have a choice over which product is most suitable for them. So what are your thoughts around this? And do you think it's coming anytime in the future?
1: Well, I I just, I I worry that... uh... Uh, the SEC chair, his pride is now getting in the way. You know, he's uh, he's an academic uh, more than anything else. I, I mean, I love it when uh, my colleagues tell me, well, you know, he's a professor. He used to teach this stuff. Well, he might've taught it, but I, I don't know uh, what he was teaching because <laughs> if, if you look at what they approved, when you talk about this, uh, he, they they allow the, uh, the Bitcoin futures uh, ETFs they allowed those to start trading in October on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, right? Uh, the, uh, those CFTC-regulated Bitcoin futures contracts, and Naomi, you know this, which is why you asked me the question, they get 100% of their pricing from five U.S.-regulated crypto exchanges. So it doesn't make sense that Bitcoin futures ETFs can trade, but not Bitcoin spot ETFs. because the price discovery of both is based on the spot market. It makes no sense. And that's why, uh, first off, it's intellectually inconsistent. Uh, And people are smart. People look at this and ask, what are you doing, uh, uh, Chair Gensler, and why? Uh, There has to be some, uh, uh, some other thing that's driving you other than what makes sense for investors. His job, the job of the SEC is to promote americans protect americans and their right to invest in different uh products uh, and in this case i think he's working against the american investor instead of working for us and uh, we've tried to make that argument i'm hoping that uh his pride doesn't get in the way and i'm hoping that he uh he and the sec uh change course uh in this regard and uh allow uh allow uh bitcoin uh spot ETFs we're gonna keep working it Naomi
0: keep working well I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm real hopeful I'm right there with you I'm I'm hopeful that uh crypto keeps thriving I'm hopeful that we get more clarity uh for those who are completely confused at the moment by all of the contradictory language being thrown around um but regardless i think that crypto is going to thrive i agree with you i think that this is absolutely the future we can either embrace it or we could try and push against it but it's only going to push it offshore but i really appreciate your time with me today and thank you so much for all of your work
1: well remember uh, there's that commercial out there that uh, history uh, favors the bold right Uh, and that's what they're talking about you're right you can either uh, get involved embrace it understand what it's about doesn't mean you have to be one of the 55 million and growing but uh, certainly uh, don't just discount something because you don't understand it right
0: absolutely let's let's keep telling uh, other congress people about that uh it's a good good words of advice there but thank you so much for your time
1: thank you naomi appreciate what you do